Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Every time we teach on especially Tuesday nights, whatever we're teaching on, you can apply it basically to any trial you're in. Amen? And we teach it over and over and over because you never know when that trial might jump out and hit you. And then it's going to be good that you've heard it over and over and over because you need to get so in tune with how to fight the enemy that you know how when they teach you know how they do those drills in school? So they teach the kids if there's smoke, you get down on the floor. They teach you what to do before, you're, before the fire comes. Amen? They teach you what to do. And people do drills and they practice. And that's where the church had better get. The church had better get to a place where we know what to do the minute the enemy hits. Before, if we get strong enough in hearing God to stop the enemy. Amen? But by the time, the enemy's hitting fast and hard these days. Amen? And people are finding themselves in more and more situations. The reason, there were a lot of prophetic words that were saying um, that there was a, an onslaught of demonic powers being released over our nation and the nations because we've entered a different season and time. Amen? But that also means there's more access to angels. There's more access to the supernatural. There's more access to the things of God. But we have to walk in faith to grab those things. And we cannot let ourselves get in fear. So we, we were talking last week, and there were like four or five people who had issues with their heart. Um, and so I looked up the situation, and medically what was happening is the, well, the one part I read, the part of the heart where it fills up with blood first and then it pumps it to the next part of the heart and then that pumps it out. So what's happening, the first part of the heart only fills up part way and it closes before it's full. So then when it pumps, it's only pumping partial, which doesn't give you enough oxygen because oxygen goes through the blood and goes through your body. So what's happening are people are passing out, people are faint, people are... Um, uh, and if you don't get enough blood, you can have a stroke or a heart attack. And so, um, and so when I looked up this whole thing that the people were telling me the name of, um, in older people, it can be very serious, and they put pacemakers in some people. Um, and usually it's not that serious as long as your heart just does it for a short time and gets back into rhythm. And then they talk about all these things not to do. Caffeine. It says get rid of caffeine. Don't do drugs. Don't do alcohol. Um, don't get in stressful situations. Don't get in anxiety. Okay. So basically it gives the triggers. So oh, we're talking about this. What, what's the actual name of it? SVT. SVT. It's a long medical name like this, but we'll call it SVT. 
And there's different kinds, there's different levels of it. But anyway, so I was looking all that stuff up under the Mayo Clinic because the first thing you do is you always pray first. Before you go to a doctor, before you go to the doctor, spend time with God. Yield to Holy Spirit leading you through your situation. Get out of pretended faith that thinks it's just going to go away because you don't want it. How many know if everything went away because we don't want it, we'd all be walking a lot better than we are. It doesn't work like that. Amen? Pretended faith is pretending that it can't happen to you or won't happen to you or it's not happening to you. Okay? And, and you just use some scriptures or whatever. It's kind of a denial, but with a spiritual faith message behind it. Amen? So the first thing you do when you're attacked is you go and you talk to God. Not the last thing you do, the first thing you do. And with the stuff we've been experiencing since 2020, we had better start hearing what God's saying. Amen? Because when you can't trust the medical people and you can't trust the government and you can't really trust, and that's not conspiracy not to trust these people. There is a lot of evidence not to trust these people. Amen? How, how, do, how can you know beyond a shadow of doubt that something really dishonest is going on? Because of the way they will not even let you communicate with each other, or I have to speak in code to preach this. We have never in this nation lived in a time where you have to speak in code to talk about real things that are happening that everybody knows that's happening. You can't even post right now about a bunch of truck drivers, the largest convoy in history, without them taking it down. Now, that's just pure fact that it's going on. So, so it just really shows us that there is something really demonic going on beyond anything we've seen before. Amen? And how many know that this thing that was put together by possibly some of the people who get the say in how it's treated with one of our enemy countries in a laboratory mixing things so that we could not... Um, basically, so our bodies would not know how to handle it. That's called demonic, and it's called warfare, and it's trying, and it, it's done a lot, hasn't it? It did a lot for 2020 and making a way for a lot of things to happen unconstitutional. Amen? So, so let's wake up to the season we're in. Now, this same season is also going to be the enemy, the same enemy, is going to be attacking with other things. And so there's a really high level of fear right now and a real high level of anxiety. Amen? So, and we need to really pray for our kids. You stick 
over their faces for two and a half years. They don't even see their friends' faces. They're being guilted that it's their fault if they come home and grandma gets sick. Can I just tell you something? It's the devil's fault if anybody gets sick and everybody needs to rise up and take care of the enemy and quit the lie, the guilt trip, that it's because of you if somebody else gets sick. Amen? It's not because of you if somebody gets sick. It's because of the devil who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And you bowing your knee to his garbage is not going to stop what he's been threatening you with. Amen? So you've got to get to a place to be led by faith and not fear. Amen? Now, if we knew what real science is, where some of these things you can see real science, they haven't, the politics hasn't put their hand on it yet, and the doctor can tell you scientifically this is what's going on. Amen? So where there is real science, not politicalized stuff that can't count as real science. Amen? Let me just say this. Do not, do not take science lessons from someone who cannot tell you if someone is a man or a woman. Okay, I mean, our two and three-year-olds have been able to do that for centuries. And now our scientists can't. Amen? So we all know we are in a very, very demonic, strange season and time. Amen? So let's all wake up to that. Because we got to fight the real enemy. When there is real science, such as about this heart situation, there's some science to it. Then you take that science and you don't have pretended faith and say, well, this, isn't, this can't hurt me. You look at each of those areas. This is whatever. It doesn't matter what it is the enemy's attacking you or your child or whatever with. You don't pretend there's not attack. Amen? The way you win an attack is you face the giant led by Holy Spirit. You don't pretend that the giant isn't there. And you don't pretend that the giant isn't out to actually hurt you bad. Amen? Right? He's out to hurt you. Why? Satan comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. Those are pretty heavy-duty things, aren't they? He wants to steal your innocence. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy your relationship with God. He wants to take your soul to hell. Amen? He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy the family. He wants to destroy your peace. He wants to destroy the church. So, so it's really easy to see that Satan is behind all this, right? Okay, he's behind cancer. He's behind diabetes. He's behind heart problems. He's behind everything. Now, we are living in a society right now where a spirit of fear, not the whole nations, a spirit of fear has been released on the land beyond anything we've ever seen before, ever. So you can almost know that the diseases that are connected with fear are going to be rising. So anxiety is one of the triggers 
of this heart problem. Well, what does the Bible say about anxiety? Cast your fears or your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. So you got to really learn to do that. You got to really learn to spend time with God and say, Lord, this matters to you. This is real. I, can I tell you one of the biggest things God is doing in this hour is causing us to get free from covering doctrine, get free from any man-made doctrine and spend time with God, get free from any hyper spiritual bunch of baloney and go and talk to God. Amen. And expect God to hear you and to talk to you if you're serious about him. Amen? We need to hear God. Say, Lord, let us hear you. Let us, let us hear you. What's one of the ways to really begin to hear God? What is something that's vital? Reading the word. Reading the word, and you invite Holy Spirit into every time you're reading the word. I want you to start reading the word, not with your head, but with your heart. What I mean by that is you need to change the way you think about God's word. And you need to realize it is a living word. It is powerful. There is a Holy Spirit who wrote that word and a Holy Spirit who brings life to that word. And if you read that word with your head and not your heart, the Bible actually says you can bring death because you become a Pharisee legalistic and trying to make it work, which actually destroys the actual power of how it works. Amen? And I encourage everybody, get rid of your Pharisee thinking about the attacks that are happening right now, about how you would be safe and somebody else wouldn't. And you don't know. You don't know. I'm, I'm telling this to everybody here. Everybody here, listen. You don't know all the information about the jab. You don't. Some of these people maybe would have lived if they hadn't listened to people telling them they can't get one. We don't know. That's what the science is saying, but we don't trust the science. But we don't know. Amen? Get over listening to just one person. Nobody knows. We are in a season of great delusion. Satan is the author of lies. So you need to get past thinking that you know what somebody else should or shouldn't do. Amen? You need to hear God for yourself. You need to hear God for yourself. Thank God I submit to my husband and when he wanted to take my son to the hospital, I wanted to be in denial, pretend at faith, and we don't have to go through this because I'm a believer, I'm a minister, I have faith, we don't have to go through this. And my husband's like, he's going to the hospital with or without you. And it gave us time. It gave me time to mature. It gave me time to ask God. It gave me time to die to pride. It gave me time to seek the Lord. So I want you to know this. Do what your doctor says. If you have one you can trust, find one you can trust. Now we're talking back about this heart situation. I encourage that too about everything. You're going to have to ask Holy Spirit to who do I go to? Who should I listen to? Amen. 
and then don't decide what you're going to do. If you come under the authority of a doctor, do what the doctor says until God takes you out from that authority. What happens otherwise? You're in charge. Then why bother the doctor? Unless God hum humbled me one time and made me go to a doctor for something. I didn't do what they said because they said I was going to have a sciatic nerve the rest of my life and blah, 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 and I'd had to come back and do all this and that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm by his stripes, I'm healed. Lord made me go twice. I said, why are you making me do this? They did a whole little video on the body. The Lord said, I'm teaching you about my body and I'm humbling you. Because it's not up to you if you go, it's up to me if you go. And since you thought it was up to you, you're going to go. And you're not getting healed till you go. That was very humbling. Because I almost never go to a doctor. I do get a yearly, I do get a yearly blood work and checkup and all that stuff. Because I like to hear them say how healthy I am. Miraculously so. My thyroid is better than a 30-year-old. And I, this time, my doctor, who was extremely new age when um, I started this journey, was saying I'm blessed. And I said something about Jesus is taking care of us at our church. He goes, I bet he is. I mean, I think she got saved. So it was a, on a phone, but next time I go in, I'm going to ask her. Amen? I mean, 15 years of watching numbers that are impossible, I think it got to her. She says, I always get excited when I check your thyroid because this, this is a miracle. She goes, I've been watching for 16 years and your thyroid just gets younger and younger. She goes, your thyroid's younger than my college son. She goes, that's why you have so much energy. I'm thinking, no, I thought it'd be cool for God to show you how really he is. That's what I said. <laughs> so, wish I thought of some other things to ask him to do. Amen. So he is in charge, not pretended faith. And we need to humble ourselves. I'm telling you, the people who are getting the hardest, I believe a lot of them, are people who tell other people what they should and shouldn't do. And then honest to goodness, I think some of you wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for God's great mercy and people praying and interceding for you. And I'm going to tell you the reason, because you think you know, and you still won't humble yourself and realize you don't know. You don't know that God could have had you do the vaccine and spared you going through that because he is able to make no poison harm you. God is more concerned about you not being full of pride. What happens to the prideful? God only gives grace to the humble. Grace is God's supernatural empowerment to overcome, his supernatural empowerment to, to have victory in every situation. He, he doesn't deal with your pride. Can I just tell you, if you went through something that should have humbled you and it didn't, you are so hard-headed. You need to repent and ask God to help you so you don't have to face another Goliath and see how pitiful your intellectual understanding and prideful attitude is at stopping you from overcoming. Where's that scripture about pride? The one about God gives grace. Thank you. First Peter 5. Younger ones be subject to older ones. 
all be subject to one another. Put on humility. Now remember, humility is complete dependence upon God. Humility is complete dependence upon God, not upon your intellect, not upon your friends, not upon pastors, not upon education, but a complete dependency upon God. Amen? A complete dependency upon God. He's the only one who can make you free. He's the only one who can make you the parent that your heart desires to be or the spouse your heart desires to be. He's the only one. He's the only one who can heal you. He's the only one who can set you free. Everything is about him. Amen? And we got to humble ourselves, which means we submit ourselves to him. God, forgive me for my hard heart. God, forgive me for these walls I put up. Forgive me for whatever it is. Start with humility. Amen? Start with a place. If, if, when, you're, when you're seeing some of these things that are happening, like when I've been seeing you know, someone who went to be with the Lord this week and someone else who right now is, is in a very serious place, and I don't know them personally. I've seen them at things before and said hi to them or something. But pride would have me say, well, if they just did this, or just, I don't know what they were supposed to do. I don't know what they're supposed to do. God does. And the heart, then my heart, because he's humbled me, is, God, if it, don't, does everybody get it? If it wasn't for God, it would be you. You could be the one going to a funeral for somebody you love that you don't want to go to. Or you could be the one landing in heaven, thank God for that, but being told, this wasn't your time. You did not ever do the things I called you to do. Does everybody get that? This isn't about us. This is about who he is, how big he is, how much love he has, how much compassion he has. At the same time, we can't change the truth of who he is and what his word says and how to teach people to fight the good fight. We can't say, oh, well, it must have been God's will. It's not God's will for anyone to die in sickness, no matter what. It's never God's will. So no one can die of sickness, and then we say, what well, was God's will? That's not God's will. Even if they're old, he just assumed take them out without sickness. Now, it might look like a heart attack if you're snatched out of your body real quick, boop, you know, and you're old. Amen? But there's no condemnation in Christ. We're not everybody's judges. How many, how many can honestly say, looking at your own life, we're not there yet. How many know God wants to get us there? How many know he's working on getting us there? How many know his spirit lives inside of us to get us there? How many know we got to say, yes, we want to go there? And then we don't want to touch his glory if we get there or we go all the way backwards again. <laughs> Amen? Younger ones be subject to older ones. Okay, when this is talking younger and older, it's really talking about mature. Those who you know are mature in the Lord, they have love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, patience. They know the word of God. They have a real relationship with God. There's real fruit in their life. There's real signs and wonders and power revealed in their life then if you're younger in the Lord than that, you submit to their maturity in Christ. 
Whether you're older, been walking with God, do you think longer or not, we need to humble ourselves and submit to those who are more mature in the Lord. Amen? Then it says, all being subject to one another. What does that mean? But that means God can talk through anybody. That means the person that you don't think they have much to give because maybe they're living in a messed up life, but they can come in and God could give them exactly what you need to hear. And he's done that to me before for some people. I'm like, Lord, why would you have that person tell me that? Why do I have to humble myself before that person? He is in charge of this. I want everybody to get this, especially when we're dealing with any issues, but issues of the heart. He needs humble servants. Amen? And how many knows this whole walk and this um, always knowing the enemy is really there and trying to take us out should keep us humble? Right? Pride goes before um, destruction. All right. Put on humility. So it's something we can do. We can do this. We put on humility. How do I put on humility? First of all, I spend some time with God because how can you really be in the presence of this awesome, wonderful, powerful God and think too highly of yourself? He's amazing that he would love us, that he died for us, that he took stripes to heal us, that he rose from the dead and sent his Holy Spirit, that he actually came into a human body and walked on this earth as a man to, to win us. It's amazing. Isn't he good? He's God. We don't change who he is for the parts we don't like. When he says, get thee behind me, Satan, he means it. When I look at the book of Revelations and he comes back and he's going through the blood of the people who died because they turned from God, I'm not going to see him as just this little meek lamb. I'm going to see the lion of Judah. There needs to be a reverent fear of our God. Amen? I don't fear the enemy, but I fear God. I know, I know that if I get outside of God's will, Satan would love to take me out. I'm not afraid of being taken. I don't live afraid of being taken. The worst thing that can happen is I land in heaven and hang out with Jesus sooner. Actually, there's a lot worse things that could happen. <laughs> I land in jail or something, but anyhow. <laughs> What could happen to us on the way out, amen? But here's the bottom line. I don't live in a fear of what the devil's going to do. I live in a reverence of how powerful God is to take care of me. And I'd want to put on humility. I want to take time to worship him and to see how big he is. I want to take time to recount the things he did in my life that I couldn't do myself. I want to take time to, to really think about him and talk with him and appreciate him. Amen? And that's how I put on humility. I don't get too busy. Now, God sets himself against proud ones. How many know that doesn't sound good? I believe a lot of the attack the enemy's doing in the church right now to believers is because of the pride. And I think a lot of that pride got in when we decided 
what was the right way to do it and who should do this and nobody should take this and everybody should do this and this is not anything real and blah. we all got into so much pride when we didn't even know for sure what really we're, we've been attacked with, amen? Let's face it, when this thing first happened, most of the church was really off in what they were thinking the dangers were. Amen? It doesn't mean we should live in fear. I don't believe any of the things we've, I don't believe anything, I don't believe any of this has been handled right at all by any leader, starting in 2020. Amen? We, get, we fell right into the plan of the enemy. We gave all the power away that we should have with our constitution. We let even leaders we liked made wrong mistakes. Dr. Doom could have been taken out of position way back, but someone everybody wants to put on a pedestal didn't recognize what Dr. Doom was up to. And I'm not judging that. I'm just stating a fact. Amen? Can I just, I'll tell you how I know what I know that I know was God because of the prayer meetings. That's how I know Dr. Doom was messed up from day one because Holy Spirit told us before we were even thinking about it. Amen? So we got to become a people who are so humble that it's God who's leading us, God's showing us. We quit reading and listening to all the crazy stuff out there. We quit trying to have hid knowledge so much about all this. Amen? Amen? Lord, show us. Teach us. Show us what's real. Show us what isn't. You know, for all the experts who know how to do this, it's amazing how many Christians are dying who've done what the experts had told them to do, listening to the experts that the Christians have embraced. Amen? So first we need to all humble ourselves. I guess this is part of Sunday's message, huh? <laughs> but this goes with any attacks. These attacks... See, nobody's looking at the attacks of the mental health. Nobody's looking at the attacks on these kids not getting educated. Nobody's looking at the attacks of them being raised in fear and surrounded by fear and, and, and the whole idea of the lawlessness. And we need to raise up these kids. I pray that our children's ministry is helping these kids to be strong and not pretending there's not anything that's changed. They're living in this world and it's not going away. Amen. We are in the days of Jacob's trouble. We are in the days of sorrow. We are in the days where it comes one wave after the other. And guess what? In this church, we're going to ride those waves. Oh, amen. We're going to ride them. We're going to have our Holy Ghost surfboards. Amen. We're not going to run from them. No, we're not going to We're going to run after them, jump on them, and take authority over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe we'll change our names to Wave Riders. All right. God sets himself against proud ones, and he gives grace to humble ones. Which do you want? You want grace. Okay. It's prideful to determine how you're supposed to walk this out. 
it's prideful. It's extremely prideful for you to tell someone else how to walk this out. Amen? I'm not saying you can't share real information if you think God wants you to share real information. But unless everybody comes down to the revelation that really nobody knows what's going on because it's so spiritual. Amen? Can everybody agree this is the most spiritual, strange thing we've ever walked in as a nation in the nations? Amen? So can't we just admit that? Okay, let's just get away from all the conspiracy theories. I don't care how much of that conspiracy theory has some realization in it because Satan's behind it. Amen? I don't care. What do I know that I know? So this is something else you go with when you're fighting the enemy. What do I know that I know? And what am I just guessing I know? Just take the stuff you're just guessing and put it aside. So if I'm looking at this heart situation we were talking about, this could be anything, whether you're fighting diabetes, cancer, heart problems, COVID, whatever, it doesn't matter. What, uh, what's my real enemy? What in my heart or what, what is going on in my life that opens this door? I think we're going to probably see more diseases and attacks of even greater things because of all the fear that's been released. Amen? Because of all the fear that's been released. So first thing we have to do, we, we don't react to fear. We get in faith. So, so if you're having one of those attacks, you just have to go and hang out with God, put on some worship music, and ask Holy Spirit, do I need to go to the hospital? Do I need to call the ambulance? What do I need to do? We need to learn to hear God. Amen? His people are led by His Spirit. That's so key. I'll give you an example. When my son was so, so, so sick way, way back, the Lord had me go to a person's house um, in a neighborhood close by. And I'll never forget, we were praying, and God made me go blind while I was praying there. And the Lord said to me, don't look at anything that you're going to see today. So my husband calls me while I'm at this person's house and says, Cindy, you have to come home now. Mitchell's blood levels are so low that they don't know how he's living. We, we've got to get him to the hospital now. And I'm, here I am. I'm like, well, honey, I can't drive right now. I'm blind. <laughs> it's like, I said, as soon as, I think my husband's used to this. And this was your, he's like, well, as soon as you can see, you need to come home. So I said, well, as soon as God lets me see, I'm driving home. He goes, because we've got to get our son to the hospital now. So I hung up, and I got the word from the Lord. God opened my eyes, and it was one of the most intense spiritual warfare days of my life. So we get to, let me see, there's so many hospitals in all these stories, but anyway, which hospital? This, this hospital 
I think this is when we went up to Richmond the first time, and his numbers were so low, his blood levels, that they told us it was one of three things, and all three of them were deadly. Out of the three things, the best one would have been um, some kind of childhood cancer that was very deadly. None of them were good. And while they're telling us this, the Holy Spirit's saying, it kept coming to me, see why I told you to not look? See why I told you to not look? And when I tell it, it sounds easy. People, this isn't easy. You're in pretended faith if it's easy, okay? You're in pretended faith if it's easy. You need to get some real faith. Real faith is God, show me what to do. God, help me. And, and forget all the stuff. Don't beg God. He knows if you want to talk to him like that. Amen? He's not up there going, oh, bad rule. You followed the wrong rule. You're begging me. If you need to beg him, beg him. Beg him to talk to you. Help. Beg him to help you to hear him. He's a God. If your kids come up to you and they're saying, oh, mom, could you help me with this? Don't beg me. You're not going to talk to them like that. Unless you're really sicko. We had deliverance for you. Amen. You need some compassion. He is full of compassion. He's, he's going to take and go, come on, we're going to get through this. I'm going to walk you through this. Come on, don't, don't, just trust me. Everything about his, everything about God getting you through something is, come on, just trust me. Break free from the rules that man have made with a Pharisee spirit looking at scripture and then saying, this is how you have to talk to him. Don't beg. You can talk to God any way you want to. Just talk to God. Get your, get your thinking right, though. I mean, God, you know, it, mm. here, here, when you talk to God and say, worship him, you enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Don't make it fake. Start thinking real quick of why you can thank him. Amen. And get into his courts. And then tell him. He's the one you can cry to, people. He's okay if your faith stinks. <laughs> Amen. He, can, he's okay. He's okay if your faith is shaky as all get out. Get out of the Pharisee mode of trying to make the scriptures work and get into a relationship understanding with the true God who's a father's heart. Amen. Who has a father's heart who, who already paid by his own stripes for you to get the victory, who already knows the way of escape for every single thing. Nothing's impossible for him. Spend time with him. And, and you should be having some really serious conversations with God in the midst of the fiery trial. Like really serious conversations. And if it's really real, you're going to be a little bit scared to bits. Because this is a real fight. Right, Karen? Everybody knows, really won right now. Anybody here, not that somebody prayed for you and they won for you. That's not the same thing. Thank God for that, amen? But he's going to teach you to fight. So pretended faith has got to go. It's really hard and sad for all our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ during this season finding out how much of their faith is pretended. 
Amen? That's not time to make fun of them or laugh. It's the time to come and, and, and cry out for them and pray that they'll hear God, that they'll break through. You've got to have real faith. Real faith is talking to a real God. And pride will stop you from talking to him. You need to humble yourself because he's going to give you grace. He's going to give you grace, his empowerment to get through this, his empowerment to hear him, his empowerment to overcome, his, 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 his. I got to say this, a lot of the doctrine that I've heard taught, especially in a lot of the faith message, but also a lot of the prophetic is about us, 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 us. Well, your us can't do nothing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus Christ himself, who is God, and we're not. Jesus Christ himself said, while he was on planet Earth, and he was demonstrating what it was going to be like to be led by the Holy Spirit, he said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. He basically said, as the son of man, I'm not doing this. But as one who is the son of the living God, just like you're going to be when my spirit lives in you, I'm going to show you how to do this. And the Pharisee spirit, ho, has actually, I'm seeing this as I'm preaching tonight, the Pharisee spirit <laughs> is so big in the church because we read the word and we read somebody's testimony and we think we have a sure way to win every time as if we can make a formula and then we can judge anybody who doesn't get do it our formula or it doesn't work the same when the <laughs> tam's given much much is required he knows exactly where the escape is he knows exactly what you are going to have to get through based on everything about your relationship with him based on everything he's called you to based on everything you should know by now he knows exactly what place you have to get through to get your breakthrough and he's okay with scaring the hell out of you because he wants it gone. He wants it gone. He wants you being in charge gone. He wants wrong doctrine gone. He wants covering doctrine gone. He wants everything in the way of you hanging out with your God. He wants you coming out of the wilderness, leaning on your beloved. That's what Holy Spirit's after. Holy Spirit's after, okay, here it comes. Now I've got to get them so close to Jesus that they're going to come out of this walking with him, knowing him in a real relationship with him. See, we have to see what is Holy Spirit after. He's not after the American dream. He's after a bride with our, without spot or blemish who's completely dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ and in love with him. 
that Holy Spirit can work through and lead us and take care of us and change us into the very image of Christ where our Heavenly Father gets the glory. That's it. So he's got the whole world in this trial. The whole world's in the fire. That's amazing. That's why this is really big. Because this isn't just one or two countries. This is the whole world. You want to come out of this fire. When people look at you in the fire, you want them to see Jesus there. I think most of you who've known me any time have seen me in fires. And how many have seen Jesus there? And don't ever make it like it's so easy. Because if you're in a fire again, he's burning some more stuff out of the way. And if you get too um, self-assured that you've got it all together, believe me, there will probably come a fire to help you be humbled again. I just pray, keep me humble. <laughs> Amen, keep me humble. So you want to hear God. And if he tells you, and he probably will, if you don't have a quick victory you're, to get medical help, then be led by him as to who to go to. Now, if you get medical help, and we're back, we're kind of talking about the hard thing, but how many of you see we're not, but anyway, we're trying. It's for anything, amen? When you go to get medical help, and Holy Spirit's leading you to where to go. And the day we're living in, you better be led to what hospital, if you're going to a hospital, you better be led to what to say and not say. You had better be led. Because we're living in a day and age where the enemy is trying to destroy our nation's medical. And he's doing a pretty good job of it. Sad, isn't it? But you know what? Other nations have had no medical for years. We're going to need God. We've got God. But he can still take us to the right place to get the right information. And then you don't decide what you do. If God takes you to the doctor, you do what they tell you until God heals you. So, for example, I don't go every year, every month or two to the doctor who wanted me to come in for, as a chiropractor I went to. And, and I don't go because I'm healed. Amen. Well, how did you get healed? I don't know. I was preaching. I got up and I started running and praying. And one time I did that and it was great. And then after the anointing, I couldn't walk again. But that's okay. I just would come and sit up on a chair and preach. And then one day I started preaching. And next thing I know, I was running and taught walking. And then I never got, that was, it was over. Amen. I don't take it lightly. I didn't take this attack of a cold recently lightly. Okay, it's humbling. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? What do you want me to do? I'll tell you what he told me for me. Okay, what he tells me for me is not you. I know I don't have pretended faith. 
I know I don't have pretended faith. So the Lord said to me, and he, and he keeps connecting me back to things with Mitchell that are supposed to be something of what he's showing me right now. But he said, I don't want you to take a test. Because you're not going to receive this no matter what. Now, quote, some science was saying, but then I'd have antibodies, and this hasn't been hard, and then that would be over. I'm not giving the devil anything. Amen? If I have antibodies, I'm going to give the credit to God. Amen? But I'm talking what he told me about me. That's not about you. Amen? All he told me was, go preach. Just go preach. And he said, get free from all the bondage that the enemies put on everybody with this thing. Amen? So I'm like, okay, I'll preach. But I was careful. Told people, stay away, because I don't know what might be happening. Amen? It's a big building. Friday night, everybody's way back there. I came in through the back door. <laughs> I was like, just had to tell Stanley, stay away from me, Stanley. Amen. It was a harder test for Stanley. He always has to ask me something within three feet. Stanley, oh. hey, can I ask you from here? Shut up, Stanley, and go home. Amen. <laughs> but it was a trial. Because I'm thinking, well, gosh, I want them to do this, but I'm doing this. And Lord's like, they're not you, and you're not them. You have authority in that building to keep people safe the way I tell you to, and do it. But you preach. You go and you preach. On Sunday, I thought, Lord... Every time I start talking, I'd start a little coughing. I'm like, Lord, I'm just going to shut up. Well, how many saw how fast I shut up when I put the mic on? I think I climbed up on a table. <laughs> and the Lord said, and what he did, he gave a strategy to stop Virginia from having a horrific terrorist attack. It was kind of good that I listened to him. Amen? What is he telling you to do? Do it. And if you don't know for sure, don't get pretended faith and pretend something that's not true. Because you could hurt people. And you can mainly hurt yourself. Lord, what are you showing me? What do you want me to do? Why do you want me to do that? And he, he, he took me back to... Um, he took me all the way back to when I was at NIH and they wanted me to take this test to say that there was a generational curse. They don't call it that. What do they call it? Um, yeah, what do they call it when a... It's not hereditary. So another word besides hereditary, though, begins with a G. Genetic. That there's a genetic... Um, right, a genetic thing that runs through families. And, and they wanted me to take this test. I won't get a whole thing, but it was a really big deal because the Lord said, don't take that test. 
and the nurses want me to take the test, the doctors want me to take the test, my husband want me to take the test, stuck me in a little room and practically, it was the strangest thing. They closed the whole hospital down with us in this little room sitting on a little tiny bed thing until I would take the test. And I said, look, I'm not taking the test. I just said, I, I don't do anything until God tells me to. I said, we've gone this long. It won't hurt me to go home and pray about this. Which is kind of funny because when I first went in there that morning, the Lord said, don't tell them you know me. So I didn't because they were trying to do some kind of questions to see if I'm one of those fanatics. Well, they found out just how fanatic I was because my son's completely healed and the doctor behind all that is dead. But I wrote him a letter before he died and told him about Jesus Christ and told him his whole life and told him to accept Christ as Lord, having no idea that he was going to have a um, brain tumor and be dead before our next visit. How many want to walk the real thing, people? Quit acting like you're somewhere you're not because then you don't know where you're going. So Lord, show me. Show me what to do. Show me what to do. He's connecting all this. Can I tell you, what I'm going through now is a piece of cake compared to what I went through the first long round to get to these revelations. Amen? It's like a little refresher course. <laughs> and then it connects me back to the parts he wants me to remember. So number one, and always number one, what is God telling you to do? And so you say, well, what if, what if I don't hear him? Anybody thinking that? Okay. If you don't hear him, what would you do? You would just get in the word, put on worship music, and talk to Holy Spirit and say, I, I don't know what to do. I don't hear you that clear yet, so I'm just going to walk out in faith. So I'm going to walk in faith to go to a doctor and hear what they have to say. Now, can I tell you, don't be arrogant to doctors. They're just, you went there to ask them what to do, and then you tell them, I don't believe that, I'm not doing that, I don't hear that, you know. They're, they're probably saying, why are you here? Amen. We, the charismatic faith people have ticked more doctors off than anybody else. That's why we have a, that's why they see us coming, and they're probably hoping we don't make it. Amen. So you want to work with the doctor and then watch God when the doctor, when the God does what the doctors will know is a miracle. Right, Karen? Right, Deborah? <laughs> We've all worked with doctors and shocked the doctors. Amen? So, so when you go, here, here, here's how you go to a doctor. First, like I said, hear from God. Only go in faith. Anything you're walking in fear... What you fear is, there's a spiritual law, what you fear most can come on you. That's why it's important, like when we've talked with Steve and all, we got to slap you upside the head in love that you get in faith. Amen? Amen? Not pretended faith, but real faith. Real faith is scary. Amen? It's really scary. Real faith is scary. Real faith to buy a building is scary. Real faith to, to um, well, the first time you get up to preach in front of a lot of people is kind of scary, right, Alana? And um, <laughs> amen? So, so I want you to see, 
This is about being led by the Spirit of God. It's always been about that. It'll always be about that. It's not about anything else. And you need to park your intellect at the door and repent. I'm telling you, the people who've come against, the people who thought they knew everything and the people who've come against anyone who's not doing it their way, they have been hit the hardest with this. Pride. Pride stops God. He sets himself against you. Get that. It's spiritual law. He wants to rescue you. He wants to help you. He wants to set you free. But you're operating in the spirit of Satan. And he can't approve that. He can't encourage that. He can't put his okay on that. Amen? So we need humility. So I don't make fun of people when I see their prayer requests and they're scared. And they're talking unbelief. I see, I see where, where they're being shaken, amen? And I just pray for them. I pray, God, help. Send, send somebody, Lord. Let somebody be able to help them with this, amen? Now, that maybe wouldn't be how I saw it before, but thank God he's changed my heart, amen? So then when we go to the doctor, whatever the thing, and let's say the doctor says, well, let's go back to this heart thing. So the doctor says, well, you can't, you got to quit being stressed, Hello. <laughs> this is 2020 and on. Like the spirit of fear has been released like you can't believe. And you're asking me not to be stressed while my heart, for those people who've had this, I cough drop, throat sore. It's not sore, it just gets dry. While, while they're sitting there saying, well, you can't be stressed. Like, how do I not be stressed? <laughs> you're stressing me. Your heart's beating fast. You think you're about to have a heart attack. Now don't be stressed. So you've got to learn to spend time with God every day unloading your cares. Now, if you have a spirit of fear from your past... God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So remember, a spirit of fear is going to operate um, out of hate or self-hate, feeling hopeless, helpless, and causing you to, to have anxiety or, or panic attacks and not have your sound mind. I noticed when we were talking about this heart thing, um, this anxiety a lot of the people who had issues with it at our church were not Caucasian. And there is such a culture that's a generational curse of a spirit of fear, again, to slavery, within the black community. And that's a really big principality. It's really part of what's operating now to destroy our nation. People are so afraid of, of being stuck in a situation that they're murdering their own babies. And then they wonder why violence is in the communities. I mean, it's spiritual law. 
if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. If you choose to kill one baby because you can't see its face yet, then you open the door for all your babies to be under attack. And then you complain about all this, this violence on certain cultures. Well, why did they put all the Planned Parenthoods right outside those, those neighborhoods? You don't even need a bus. You can walk. Can, does it, why does anybody wake up? The lady who started Planned Parenthood hated black people, and it was actually started to murder as many black babies as possible to make sure that these black people did not have big families and become uh, a majority and not a minority. How can anybody, anybody, Christian or non-Christian, be okay with a party platform that purposely murders babies and the percentage of black babies is a lot higher than the percentage of any other race? And why won't people stand up and say that at the Thanksgiving table and the Christmas table and anywhere else? Because there's such a fear that somebody had better take care of me. Well, there is somebody. His name is Jesus. And he doesn't murder babies. We've got to get rid of abortion in this nation. This will be something to see if they let this one go through on Facebook. I talk so fast that so sometimes they can't catch me in their little... <laughs> talk with an accent so they can't figure out what I'm saying. <laughs> if you ever read those little things. So, you need to go back to generational curses. And you need to break any of them. You need to get free from any ancestral curses that followed a line, even if you personally never bought into it. Doesn't matter. Generational curses, a generational curse is a demonic spirit that looks for an opening. There cannot, there's probably very few people where the enemy can't find a way to get in with fear, generational. Obviously, in the black community. Why would I say that? Because we're still talking about slavery from almost 200 years ago now. It's everywhere. It's on everything, right? Now, every child whose parent is not helping them understand this mask mess is getting a spirit of fear. They've had two years to sow fear into everyone's children. And only those who know how to talk to their kid about it, pray with their kid about it, help their kids. See, almost everybody needs to go and lay hands on some of your kids and break the power of the spirit of fear. Amen? Not with your intellect telling them how stupid the government is. But with a heart that says, you know, the enemy is just trying to bring you into fear. Can, can I say this? If it's not because of God, you should have fear right now. If you think you don't have fear and it's not because of faith, then you're deceived. And you set yourself up 
God has given us to a point where we need God, everybody. You all need God. We all need God. Amen? We don't want the enemy kicking our butts over and over and over because we don't get what God's trying to have us break through to see. Amen? We need God. We, are going, we needed God before 2020, and we are going to need God the rest of our lives. Our children need God. Amen? They need God. They need to understand. They need to be loved unconditionally. They need to be ministered to during this time and not criticized and put down when they're living in such a crazy time. Wake up. When I look at how I had to be, I was led by the Holy Spirit to minister to both of my sons during all that, to minister to Mitchell not to be afraid when there was death all around him where he's getting blood taken at NIH and they spray his blood all over the walls. They send him home with so little blood, we had to take him to King's Daughters and get a blood transfusion, um, transfusion right? He had so many blood transfusions. I'm sure we have all different races of blood in my son. And then you got to pray that all the blood is good. And thank God he always took it well. Would have been sitting in the hospital for hours for all that blood to get in him. Because we went to a hospital that cared more about their research than they cared about the people. At least in this situation. I did call and I said, if you ever send my son home with so little blood because of all your experiments, I will sue you for everything you've got. He had better never come home again and have to go immediately to another hospital to get blood. We are living in really serious times. Nobody wants to hear this message. You know what? I didn't want to hear it at first. I didn't want to hear that this wasn't going to be over in 10 minutes. Can I give everybody a heads up? This isn't going to be over in 10 minutes. This isn't going to be over because it's the December to remember and the January to whatever and the February to dance or this isn't going to be over. Amen. And this isn't going to be over till he comes back. But we're going to be changed. And we're going to live the most glorious, spirit-filled life doing what God wants us to do by the time we get through the shaking. Amen? And then we can't be shaken. Amen? So, when you go to the doctor, if the Lord leads you to the doctor, listen to what they say. So if they say, you know, this usually comes because of stress, or this usually comes because of anxiety, or this comes because of drug use, or this comes because of alcohol, or this comes because of that or the other. You need to go through every single one of those things, and any place in your life where you open those doors big time, you need to repent and close every one of those doors. Do you get what I'm saying? You have to spend some time going over all those horrific things of hypocrisy, all those things that have affected your kids, all those things that affected moms, all those things that affected parents, every bit of it. 
It's time to get a notebook and get extremely raw before God and deal with the heart issues. Usually, if you're dealing with heart issues, it's because God's, you, you haven't dealt with heart issues. Now, remember, the heart, when we see the word heart in Scripture, we're talking about, think about a heart. A heart pumps blood. Life is in the blood. There's no life till there's blood. Life is in the blood. So it pumps, and then the blood carries oxygen throughout the whole body, right? And you, your brain needs it. Everything needs it. And there's no life without the combination of the oxygen and the blood, which spiritually would be the blood of Christ and faith. Oxygen is like faith, and it only comes because of the blood of the Lamb. And so what happens is your, your heart has got to have the perfect mixture of all that and then release it in rhythm to your whole body. Now the heart in the spirit, when we see the word heart in scripture, it's talking, sometimes it's talking about the natural heart, but it's talking about where my, my spirit and my soul are connected. It's what, think about it, till my spirit is born again, there's no life. There's no eternal life. So when I get born again, God's spirit comes in and brings life to my spirit. And I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? How cool is that? That is where I become alive. God calls you dead until that happens. So that's where... Now, the, the heart, think about it, the heart is what pumps everything that you need, right? So the connection between the soul and the spirit, whew, because that's who I really am eternally, right? My body's not leaving with me except in a glorified form, amen? If I make it to rapture, amen? Otherwise, I gotta wait for it to come up out of the ground one day. But my spirit, and my soul cannot be separated, right? Now, God can give nothing to a, to a double-souled person or double-minded. What does that mean? That means my soul is not agreeing with God and his word. My spirit does, okay? My spirit does, but my soul doesn't. So my soul determines if I walk in the flesh the intellect, thinking, reasoning, or if that all is submitted to the spirit. So if, if I was fighting heart issues, I would really look and really have God cleanse me of any hypocrisy that I've ever walked in or I am walking in. Amen? Hypocrisy is knowing what's right, but somehow not caring what the word says is right, and still thinking you're okay with God. Now think about it. If your heart is only pumping part, and it's not bringing life to the whole body, right? And to the point where it could go so fast, it could burst. I mean, there's some very serious things that can happen if you don't get the rhythm right, right? 
So think about it. If you lived a life of hypocrisy, but you actually thought you were okay with Christ, and you revealed that to your children and your grandchildren, you revealed that, you really thought that, or you saw that with your parents or whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're actually only releasing a little bit of life. Amen? And so I would start looking at things like that to make the divine connection of why is the enemy able to touch my heart? Amen? See, Satan can only touch what he thinks he has a right to touch because you haven't repented. And, and when real repentance comes, people, okay, it's, a, it's great finding God, amen? It's great, um, it's great being able to forgive other people. It, it's a little bit deeper when it's time to look at us. It's a little bit deeper when it's time to realize I hurt my sons. I wasn't able to stop my daughter from dying prematurely because I didn't listen to God. Now, first of all, get free. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You cannot do this in condemnation. Satan will just beat you up and you'll feel terrible and you'll think, God, can't you? You've got to get free from condemnation. This is the problem. People won't preach the real gospel because, well, you're just judging. I'm not judging. I don't believe that we can be in condemnation. I'm just pointing out where what you got going doesn't line up with God and his word, and he's true, and every man be a liar. Well, are you saying? I don't have to say. If you didn't get your miracle, I don't have to say you missed it. You ought to be able to say you missed it. Amen? If I can humble myself and say I missed it big, then I'm okay with telling you you missed it. If God tells me to tell you, if you don't, would you rather God miss it? And do you think that's possible? That's pretty prideful. Look, we're going to be having to preach this because there's a lot of Christians that's gone out in these last couple of years. And what the devil wants to do with that is nobody wants to hear truth. Well, you can only know the truth and be set free. See, if you don't know the truth and you think somehow this was God's will, you'll be scared the rest of your life. You'd be scared the rest of your life. But if you decide, God, let every man be a liar and you're true and I missed it, so show me, show me, teach me. What do we do? How do we do it? Then you, then you come out of the wilderness leaning on your beloved. Amen. Ho! And you count it all joy, your various trials, because you really get to a deeper place in God. Amen. You don't have to go through tragedy. You can get victory if you'll just listen and humble yourselves. Amen? And so, so when God shows me where I've hurt my children, and let me tell you this, if God showed me where I hurt my children, and I raised my kids from day one in God, and they weren't even, they couldn't even watch Star Wars, people. I mean, they couldn't even have those little pog things. I mean, there was no demonic anything in our house. Even Barney had to take, go to the garbage can. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's about the imagination. We're only going to, nope, we're not. And I'm not making fun of that. I'm thankful. It's a crazy world. And both my boys are working in really, really, really hard industries to be in advertising and, and, um, and movies. 
And yet God is keeping his hand on them. So I'm not, for five seconds, not apologizing for being over the top with it. Because I know God led me there. Not that I did it all right. Amen? But when I see things that I said and things that I did that closed them down, and these are tiny compared to some of the stuff you have done to your kids. I'm not trying to compare. That way I'm just saying, where is the repentance? Where is the brokenness that says, oh my gosh, God, if I hadn't have done that, then they wouldn't have had to go through this. They wouldn't have had to. See, and, and <laughs> it's a healing when you can humble yourself before God and see where the enemy led you where you missed it. Can I get an amen? I don't know why the church doesn't want to hear this. How are you going to get things cleaned, healed, and whole to then see real victory in every area of your life unless you begin to humble yourself and get broken before God? So if your heart's kind of broken, you need to get broken before God and find out why your heart is only working half the way it should be working. See, Whatever the enemy touches in the physical realm, there is a spiritual reality behind it. Amen? That's good news. It means I'm not just going to spend my whole life on meds and fighting medical procedures and all this and that and listening to the doctor. I'm going to listen... You have to listen to the doctor until you get the spiritual victory. When you get the spiritual victory, the doctor won't have anything to fix. Amen? It's from spirit to physical, not the other way around. What, by the time something is revealed in the, in the physical, there has been a spiritual issue for a while. Amen? Does it always work? Yes, it really actually always works when you hear God and he shows you what to do. And then you repent and you sincerely repent and you spend time alone with God. You know what? It's okay when we're baby believers to just be happy, happy with God all the time. But there comes a time when we have to sit down in the presence of God and say, show me my heart. Show me how I hurt my spouse or how I hurt my kids or how I hurt my parents or how I, it's easy to know what they did to us. But you'll be surprised when God starts showing you what you did to hurt them. Now remember, get out of condemnation, get the teaching. There's no, you cannot do this in condemnation. How many want freedom? How many wants to see change? How many wants to see their children free, your marriages free, everything free? How many want the authority and the victory? For real. Then you're going to have to decide, I'm not, what's condemnation? Satan starts talking to you about it. That's condemnation. Tell him to shut up in Jesus' name and get under your feet. You aren't listening to his big mouth anymore. Amen? And you look at the generational curses. You look at the things that were spoken over you. You look at the thing. Mm. If you were called a heartbreaker, you went from guy to guy or girl to girl or whatever, and you just kind of, you were a heartbreaker. Hello? Y'all are catching on, aren't you? And you go back and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for that reputation. Forgive me for thinking that was okay. God, I don't want to be a heartbreaker. Forgive me. Let me say this. 
Isn't it awesome that God can work everything for good? Isn't it awesome that you could have the most messed up relationships and still have awesome kids? Amen? How good is God? But that doesn't, that doesn't justify the awesome ungodly relationships. Because the, also, the, the ungodly relationships brought a lot of brokenness and pain. And it wasn't God's will to have such messed up families. It wasn't God's will to have children not knowing who their dad is or not knowing who their mom is or running this way. Our whole world is messed up right now in our, cult, our culture worse than most because we have totally walking away from, walked away from God's ways to do things. We're entertained by perversion. We live in perversion and we all somehow it's supposed to be cool. It doesn't take away that God's the kids he gives us are great gifts. Amen? Praise God for that. Amen? How good is God? And I talked to some people who, who had such bad marriages, abusive marriages, but they're like, but I just love my kids. Well, praise God for that. But you still want to go back and break the spirit of divorce. You want to go back and break the spirit of fornication. You want to go back and break the perversions. You want to go back and break all those things. Amen? All the things that broke someone's heart. Amen? All the drama things. And this is serious stuff. This is, this is serious stuff because when the enemy starts playing with your heart, he's not kidding. He's not kidding. So you have to stop and say, okay, Lord. And then, of course, there's, you know, there's also the diet. The spirit of heaviness can cause heart problems. Eating all the wrong foods, all those kind of things. Go over each of those things if you've got these heart situations. Go over each of these things and see what they are saying can cause this. Amen? And then deal with each one of those things spiritually. Now, you do this for anything. Amen? Any medical thing that attacks anything, even this whole stuff going on with, with the C word. Amen? And you just say, okay, Lord, show me how I could open the door for this. Well, pride could open the door. Amen? Spirit of fear could open the door. Buying into lies could open the door. Amen? So what do you want to do? You want to go close doors. You just want to go and close the doors. And you want to spend that time with God. In the meantime, you got to humble yourself and do what the doctors say. Until the doctor knows that, hey, you don't need this anymore. Amen? And when the doctor knows you, and you need to be thankful for whatever knowledge, real knowledge, God gives to a doctor. And we, we got to quit seeing them as the enemy. If you see a doctor's enemy, don't go to that doctor. I mean, I, have, I, had a doctor, I had a doctor talk to me. A devil talked to me through a doctor. When we went to um, one hospital near the beginning of all this whole thing, I was talking about with Mitchell. And then Mitchell's numbers went okay after prayer. The doctor said out of their own mouth that the doctor knew about a little boy who had died in that exact place, had died in that exact place, um, I think just a year earlier. What a wild life. And the doctor looked at me and said, 
just like that, that person's name who died, just like that person, your son will be back. That's what, that's what that with a mean thing to like, just like, it was scary. It was like, just like little, whatever the name, your son will be back. This is when they were sending my son home and said, well, his blood levels were just low. It must have been a flu or something. Everything's turned around. You can take him home. And the doctor looks at me and says, just like the person, your son will be back. Who says that? Who uses the patient's name of another? Only, she read my book. So she knew, she knew that I, she knew that I knew them. And she was the doctor that was involved when that person, that little boy died. Who would say that to someone? I mean, talk about, talk about if, if it wasn't, if it wasn't a uh, demonic thing, I would have gone after her license. But you know what I knew? He's not coming back to this hospital. And he never did. But I mean, that's how real the spiritual stuff can be. That... So if you hear a devil talk through a doctor, literally see it, go somewhere else. So I told my husband, no matter what, we're not coming back here. And we didn't. And we found really awesome doctors at King's Daughters. Really awesome doctors who, who had seen miracles, who were cheering us on. And I remember when Mitchell finally was out of the we're talking years, you guys. That's why I'm not going to sit here and, and get bent if you have to go through something that takes a month or two months. You know, I'm talking probably 16 years or more, probably 20 for the whole thing, maybe more than that. And, and I remember finally when he was totally out of the danger zone and everything was fine as far as he was on a few meds, but he was fine. I remember when the doctor, after all these years, Mitchell was grown by now. He couldn't go to the hospital anymore. They said, You're good. you got what you wanted. And they were happy. Like, Mrs. Foster, you got what you wanted. Because they never thought they'd see him healed. Amen. So you want to find doctors that you can work with. Amen. But go in with the right attitude. Go in with the right attitude. Pray. Take authority over the enemy of deciding who the doctor's going to be. Amen. Take authority, pray for God to surround. There are some good, godly nurses and doctors. And, and truthfully, people with pretended faith have turned those people off so much. I know they must leave going, why do they even come? They act like we're the enemy. They won't even listen to us. And I know they said that about me when I first went to the one hospital. Amen. So, so those, those are the things, um, it was time to go. Th those are the beginning of how to walk through till you get the whole victory. But think of it this way. Holy Spirit has been assigned to make me part of the bride of Christ. He's been assigned to make me without spot or blemish. And I'm going to go through whatever I'm going to go through until he accomplishes that. So I say embrace your trial and get the most out of it. In other words, don't live wishing this was over. Just live growing in Christ 
in whatever situation you're in, whether it's with a marriage, whether it's with raising your children, whether it's with a sick, do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to get free from the mindset, well, when this is over, amen? Because God's gonna continue to work in you when that's over. So my thing is, not that you're gonna like it, amen, but you'll start to count it joy when you begin to see God's hand in it. You'll start to count it joy when you're stronger in the word. You'll start to count it joy when you begin to know he's changing you. You'll start to count it joy when you see the victories, amen? Now he has to add to faith. So once you get to real faith, get ready. Because I'm just telling you what his word says. He's got to add to your faith perseverance. Does anybody know what perseverance means? It means it's a long road you're going to go through and the devil's going to try everything he can to destroy you on that road. Now that's what he has to add to your faith. Nobody wants to hear this. It doesn't matter what you want to hear. This is how it works. Amen? Because he will, I, the other day the Lord was telling me, he said, you know, he said, um, as he showed me this prophetic thing, he says, you know, do you remember when you first started the situation with Mitchell and you wanted it over and it looked like it was over and then boom, it wasn't over. And the Lord said, and do you remember that prophet? She was scary though. She came and she's like, I'm like, just say it, all right? Gee, my knees, my tail, like, I just say it, okay? So y'all have to worry. I'm just going to sock it to you five seconds, then I'll pick you up, and then we'll work on it. But she's like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, Dag, just say it. Well, this is going to be a very long trial. I'm like, get out of my house. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I did. I said, get out of here. I want it over then. I was on my way over to King's Daughter to see Mitchell at the hospital. I'm like, no. And I remember I stopped. And the longest train I've ever seen in my life, like everybody got out of their cars because this train just kept going and going and going. It's over by Granby Street. I'm just going. And I'm looking. You can't even see the end of this train. I'm like, good gosh. It was a 20 minutes. The train's still going by, going by. And the Lord says, you see how this train is going by? I'm like, yes. He goes, well, that's how this trial's going to go. Do you know, for years after that, I waited to see a caboose go by really fast. When I drive by a train, like, where's that caboose, Lord? Where's that caboose? Finally saw the caboose. And you know what the Lord said? Just settle down, and we're going we're gonna to go through this. So we're going to go through this, you guys. We're going to go through this season. We're going to go through this time, and we are going to overcome Amen. And we're going to be closer to God and we're going to do what he shows us. We're going to do what he shows us about our children. We're going to do what he shows us ourselves. We're going to quit trying to pretend that we're not in a trial. And we're going to ask him to teach us his ways. And we're going to ask him to change our hearts. How, how many want to be the perfected bride? How many would really like to be part of that? How many would like to see the power of God in your life? How many would like to glorify Jesus Christ? How many would love to hang out with him all the time? How? Oh, talk with him all the time. Know him like a dear friend, never waiting for him to show up. He's waiting for you to just open your arms for five seconds, and there he is. How many are really hungry for that kind of real relationship with God? Well, then you got to die to you. 
Amen? And you're going to walk through because this is how he does it. How do you know? Because he's the one who says, count it all joy. Why would he tell you to count it all joy if you weren't going to have to count it all joy? And what does he say, count joy? Your various trials. And if you follow the whole because he's going to mature you. Wait a minute, how does he mature us? Going to conferences? No. Hearing other people's testimonies? No. <laughs> That's not how he does it. He does it by your various trials. What is his promise? You're going to have trouble tomorrow. Woohoo! He doesn't promise. Trump is going to be president tomorrow and your troubles are over. America will never be what America was, but what America was wasn't all that. Ho! Sex trafficking, perversion, pornography, garbage, obscenity, injustice, violence, drugs, perversion, sexual sin, all kinds of garbage. And we act like... The only thing that was great in America was our economy. And that means money is our God. And God is shaking that. And he's going to make America great for his glory, finally. And none of us knows what that's going to look like. And that's okay. Amen? because we cannot go back to the garbage that he's exposing. This garbage that he's exposing didn't just show up with Trump and it didn't just show up with Biden. It has been in the fiber of this nation for generations. And God is now saying, it's enough. It's filthy enough. Now let's do something, church. Amen? Did this help anybody? Man, I feel the presence of God. Father, we just come before you. We love you. Lord, we lay down every single thing. And we know we can't do this. We know you're not asking us to do this. You're just going to do this. And we're going to learn to cling to you. Oh. And we are going to come out leaning on our beloved. And we are going to come out completely changed. And you're going to move in our nation. And you're going to raise up a generation of young people who completely sell out to you. So Lord, we thank you. We ask for mercy, mercy, mercy. Lord, we do ask for these people who are going through the fires now and the shaking now, Lord, that we not judge it, that we not touch it, but that we pray and intercede. And God, we pray for all those who've lost someone through all of this. Lord, we pray your grace, sufficient grace. We pray, Lord God, that you would stir in them a fire to raise up God and to glorify you and to know you more and to walk with you more. I thank you, Lord, this, this rude awakening is drawing people back to you and your word give you praise in Jesus name now if you love this teaching and you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org there is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there 
And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. 